Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Marv Ulbrick with Ulbrick Farm Service in Weimar, Texas. We're listening to the latest news from Texas Agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Cattlemen's Beef Board has approved checkoff-funded projects for 2024. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. How much is the quality of beef impacted when it's frozen? That's a question researchers at West Texas A&M have been exploring. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. It is National Farm Safety and Health Week. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan reporting from Marshall. It's all about hunting. Maybe a little small talk on gardens and beef cattle, mostly hunting. I'll have that coming up. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Cattlemen's Beef Board approved the projects for 2024 that will be part of the beef checkoff. A total of 12 authorization requests were approved by the Beef Operating Committee, the Cattlemen's Beef Board Executive Committee, and USDA. Oklahoma Cattleman Jimmy Taylor chairs the Cattlemen's Beef Board. He says he feels good about what's planned for fiscal year 2024. Everyone had their own ideas of how the money needed to be best spent. But we bring each project up individually and have debate on them and uh, have motions. So the thoughts of the group carry the day. Now, it's not easy to pass uh, one of those projects. It's not a simple majority. Each one that passes have to have two-thirds majority. So we've got 20 members. So each project that was funded had to have 14 votes from those producers. The full fiscal 2024 Cattlemen's Beef Board budget is approximately $42 million, including $38 million in authorization requests. The fiscal 2024 program budget represents a decrease of slightly less than 1.6%, or about $605,000, compared to the fiscal year 23 budget. Texas corn farmers may now nominate fellow farmers to fill one of five open seats on the Texas Corn Producers Board. 
The board will hold elections in three of its five voting regions in November. There are open seats in the Panhandle, North and Central Texas, and in South Texas and Coastal Bend counties. Any person qualified to vote in corn producers' elections may seek nomination to the board. Nomination forms are available at extension offices in counties with open seats. A list is available on the Texas Corn Producers website. Those forms are due by the end of the month. The election is November 1st through the 15th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Farm groups have been busy in Washington over the past week, giving lawmakers input on the 2023 Farm Bill and other ag issues. The National Association of Wheat Growers just completed its second Farm Bill fly-in with wheat growers from 14 states working the congressional offices on Capitol Hill, pressing members to get the Farm Bill done. Plains Cotton Growers of Lubbock was also in Washington this week, with cotton farmers visiting congressional members on the importance of averting a government shutdown, improving the farm safety net, and passing a strong farm bill that will benefit producers and the entire cotton industry for the next five years. How much is the quality of beef impacted when it's frozen? James Hunt tells us researchers at West Texas A&M are looking for an answer. As we've discussed previously, West Texas A&M University in Canyon is engaged in a wide range of research related to animal agriculture, including exploring different issues involving meat itself. One interesting study I learned about recently explores how well beef holds up when frozen and thawed. Lonnie Lucek is an assistant professor of animal science at WT. Dr. Lucek told me the products used in this study were strip loin steaks. We looked at freezing at a really low temperature, like blast freezing, and then also freezing at a, what a consumer would freeze at about zero degrees and looking at those different temperatures. And the results? For the most part, what we can see is that there was a slight decrease in juiciness if that product was frozen maybe once or twice, but for the most part, product quality was very similar from fresh compared to frozen once or frozen twice. So a pretty encouraging outcome. We're a little bit surprised, but for the most part, we uh, didn't think that it was going to affect flavor very much or tenderness too much. We thought we might see an increase in tenderness because a lot of times those ice crystals can break up that muscle fiber, but we saw no difference in tenderness or flavor and then just a slight decrease in juiciness. This study received funding from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and Dr. Lucek hopes WT's work can be built upon. We hope it leads to even more research in the area. There's lots of projects going on around this because there is kind of a hot topic going on with people maybe taking meat, holding it at uh, not necessarily frozen temperatures, but almost frozen temperatures to keep that shelf life holding steady for a long period of time, and then selling it at a time to where it makes more sense in the market. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. This is National Farm Safety and Health Week. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Fall harvest time can be one of the busiest and most dangerous seasons of the year for the agriculture industry. For this reason, the third week of September has been recognized as National Farm Safety and Health Week. The National Farm Medicine Center has studied the differences between accidents versus incidents when it comes to farm and ranch injuries. Scott Heiberger is communications manager for the National Farm Medicine Center. 
Definition is a good place to start. The word accident, I think, has been used to mean you didn't mean for something to happen, you know, and people used to use the term car accident, etc. But through the years, media and some public service announcement type pushes have sort of challenged our view of that. And, you know, were they really car accidents or were they preventable and therefore their car crashes? So we're taking this set of glasses and looking at agriculture the same way. Very common. We all say farm accident. In fact, probably the last 20 years or so, there's been a little wrestling match within the farm safety community, researchers, etc. Even they couldn't agree on the term accident. Some said, let's get rid of that. When you use the word accident, it implies that there's nothing could have been done to prevent it. And the other side of the farm safety community was saying, well, come on, you know, we all know what that means, etc. Well, after a, quite a while here, a consensus is being built where out of at least the farm safety community, we're trying to get rid of the word accident. We think in terms of, you know what, we have to strive to prevent all incidents, trauma incidents. And if you think about it, how many are truly an accident? So now to us, we look at accident as truly something unforeseeable. If you think about how many trauma incidents fall into that category, it's probably a pretty, pretty narrow slice. More with Scott Heiberger of the National Farm Medicine Center on our next program. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Most farmers and ranchers in East Texas are thinking about fall hunting. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In the East Texas area, as for most parts in the state of Texas, we're preparing for the months ahead, including deer hunting, which we have a bow season comes up, and then we have the gun season, and there's a lot of that goes on in East Texas. It earns some folks a little extra money with day gun leases and the like, but for the most part, it's just private-owned land ownership and the families and the leases and things of that nature where we really enjoy deer hunting. Of course, we've got bird season to go through and the, the squirrel season, which everyone always enjoys that. The hot weather has just been dreadful to us as it has everywhere else. We did get a little moisture, I would say, the last 14 days, just enough to kind of cool things off in the morning, which we appreciated. And you know, I passed that, there's just not much more to talk about. It's just been hot, hot, hot. Now we're looking for cool, 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 and then wintertime's going to be on us. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. Time is running out for Texans to weigh in on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's land and water plan for the next decade. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And many Texas cattle producers are running short on hay this year thanks to the drought. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 
Mission One protects our family farms and ranches so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition One, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop One and then spread the word with your friends and family. Political ad paid for by Right to Farm Texas PAC. Learn more about Proposition One at RightToFarmTexas.com. That's right, the number two, FarmTexas.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Many Texas cattle producers are running short on hay this year thanks to the drought. Dr. Bob Judd says grazing corn stalks can help to fill that lack of forage. Dr. Eric Bailey with the University of Missouri Extension indicates at Drovers.com that there are some benefits to grazing corn stalks. Cows are selective grazers and choose the highest protein and most easily digested plants first. Corn stalks are the least nutritious part of the plant, but still can fill up the cows. The stalks are fibrous and poorly digested, so consumption becomes a problem. A cow will not eat 35 pounds of corn stalks a day as there is not enough space in the rumen to accommodate that much material and they fill their rumen with poor quality feed, which decreases the calories they are ingesting. Basically, if they only eat corn stalks, they could be starving with a full belly. The total digestible nutrients, or TDN, in corn stalks is around 40%, and beef cows need a diet of 50-60% to 60% TDN. Crude protein is also decreased feeding corn stalks, so it is important to make sure all cows get at least one half pound of crude protein supplement per day. Dr. Bailey uses a simple rule when determining the amount of grazing available in a certain area. He suggests take the bushels per acre of corn that was harvested and divide that by 3.5, and this will give you grazing days per acre for a 1,200-pound cow. For example, if the field produced 150 bushels of corn per acre, Dividing 150 by 3.5 equals 42, and so there is enough nutrition in the corn stalks to graze a 1,200-pound cow 42 days. Consider that trampling and weathering will decrease the amount of stalks that are available. Also, corn stalks that are stressed in the drought can have increased amounts of nitrate and can cause nitrate poisoning. Cows grazing corn stalks will require energy and protein supplements in most cases. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Time is running out for Texans to weigh in on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's land and water plan for the next decade. Jessica Domo has the details in today's wildlife report. Texans have until the end of the month to weigh in on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's draft Land and Water Resources Conservation and Recreation Plan. Dr. David Yaskowitz, TPWD's Executive Director, told the Parks and Wildlife Commission that the plan is a critically important tool used to guide and evaluate the effectiveness of the agency in delivering its mission and ensuring its programs continue to meet the needs of the state and all Texans. The department's recent review by the Sunset Commission led to changes in the statutory requirements for the department's land and water resources conservation recreation plan, refining its scope and shifting our mindset as it is to the role and relationship to our natural agenda, which is our strategy document. 
The land and water plan is expected to summarize the status of trends of Texas, natural and cultural resources, and identify specific strategies and actions to be undertaken by the department to achieve its visions and goals. Tim Birdsong, TPWD's Deputy Director of Inland Fisheries, told the commission the draft plan outlines three goals for the department over the next decade. The three goals that are identified in the draft plan center around science-based stewardship of natural and cultural resources, providing outdoor participation opportunities and educating, informing, and engaging Texans in support of our mission. Embedded under those three goals are 14 specific objectives that cover those thematic topics. Under those 14 objectives are 104 specific strategies that really relate more to the efforts of our teams and programs. And then we added 61 measurable actions. You can view the plan and comment on it on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market kicked off the week sharply lower on Monday. We'll look back at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition one protects our family farms and ranches so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Political ad paid for by Right to Farm Texas PAC. Learn more about Proposition 1 at righttofarmtexas.com. That's right, the number two, farmtexas.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market had a great week last week, both futures and cash making big gains. However, to kick off the trading week on Monday, we saw a lot of red ink. Live cattle dropped lower, feeder cattle getting hit especially hard. October live cattle dropped 60 cents, 186.32. The December down 82 at 191 even. February live cattle down 57, 195.75. Here's those big hits on the feeder market. September feeders dropped 312, 254.25. October feeder cattle down 352 at 260.95, while November feeders dropped 270 to close at 265.42. Cash fed cattle market all quiet to kick off the week on Monday. We wrapped up last week selling cattle here in the Southern Plains at 183. That's three bucks higher compared to the previous week. In the Northern Plains, we saw live sales range from 184 to 185. Dressed cattle at 292. 
Those prices one to two dollars higher than the previous week. Boxed beef prices lower on Monday. Choice down sixty six cents at three oh five seventy one. Select down three seventy four at two eighty three twelve. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble, and this is Ken Jordan, and you're listening to Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Ken, you had a sale in San Saba Thursday. How'd that thing turn out? You bet, Larry. We ended up having a really good run. More than I thought we would. We ended up right at 1,500 uh, head of cattle, just a few over that, I think. I thought overall today the stock of steers were probably steady to maybe a couple of dollars lower than really last week. We had just a real high market on stockers, but overall pretty even. Uh, we had seven steers today, weighed 412, bought 296 right at $1,220 on those. I thought the stalker heifers, they probably sold steady to $4 higher. Uh, the feeder steers get the bigger cattle there. I thought they sold steady to $3 higher. Had a group of 28 steers, weight really choice angus steers, $646 at $254, dollared out right at $1,641 on those 28 steers apiece. Then I had 11 steers, weighed $779 at $221, a little over $1,700 right at $22 on those seven weight steers. I thought overall the feeder heifers, they were steady with two heifers weighing $763 at 210, a little over $1,602 on those heifers. Packer cows, I thought were steady to maybe a dollar higher, and I thought, and Packer bulls, they were probably one to two dollars higher. Our pears and bread cows overall were steady on a very limited SO. So overall, another good market quality cattle was very good again today, Larry. Good. Do you know of anything from Mason Monday? Got a few groups of calves I know coming in, and uh, depends on how much more it rains. We've had showers on today. We got rain chance on uh, both today and on Saturday, so we'll kind of see what that is. But I still have a pretty good run, uh, you know, until we get some running water and some tank water and all that. But overall, things are looking up a little better with the showers we have had. And we also be getting ready for that big cow sale, a little over 3,000 head next Saturday on the 23rd of September here at San Saba. Now, Larry, we got all our listings already up on our website, a lot of pictures and some videos of some of the cattle, too. Y'all can find that at uh, jordancattle.com, Larry. Neighbor, you've been listening to Walking the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. I put it together. My guest today, Ken Jordan. He sold in San Saba on Thursday. Neighbor, you've been listening to it on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs close mixed on Monday. The nearby October contract up 12 cents, 83.25, while December hogs were down 67, 74.42. Class 3 milk was lower. Nearby September milk down 4 cents, 18.36, 100 weight. October milk down 32 at 17.78, 100. Cotton market managed a higher close, just about the only commodity we saw finishing higher. A slightly lower U.S. dollar helped things out a bit, as well as the recent cuts to U.S. cotton production. October cotton up 15 points, 85.54. December cotton up 56 at 87 cents even, while March cotton was up 53 points, closing at 87.89 cents. Corn market finished lower. Harvest pressure starting to creep into the corn trade right now. Also, big numbers in Brazil's corn production estimate weighing on our market. December corn dropped four and three quarters, 471 and a half. March corn down four and three quarters at 485 and three quarters. Wheat market had a nice rally at the end of last week. But this market just can't seem to hold on to any gains. We had double-digit losses on Monday. December Kansas City wheat dropped 11 and a half, 7.35 a bushel. December Chicago wheat down 13, 
at 5.91 and a quarter. In the energy markets, October natural gas was up 8 cents, 2.73. October West Texas crude up 87 at 91.64 a barrel. The financial market slightly lower Monday afternoon. The Dow down four points at 34,613. The Nasdaq down 13 at 13,694, with the S&P down 1, 4,449. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.